Hey everybody, welcome to the Cop House Podcast. I'm Doug, and I'm the son. And I'm Ron, I'm the dad. This is a bi-weekly podcast that covers all things policing. We're a father and son combination with over 33 combined years of police experience. Our show will tackle anything and everything you could possibly think of regarding the great policing profession. Nothing's off limits. Welcome to episode number, I believe, five, Doug. Is, are we up to five now? This is five. Episode number five of the Cop House Podcast. We are two generations one great calling. I want to wish a happy new year to our faithful listeners out there. Doug, we have an exciting show today. Very exciting. This is going to be our second guest that we've had on. Mm-hmm. This is one where I'm going to give the, I think, the disclaimer right on the front end. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh, if you have, if you're a, a faithful listener of the Cop House podcast, you know, Doug and I, we strive to have a family-friendly show, but because we are talking about policing stuff, occasionally... We have to give the disclaimer and say, if you've got kids in the car, this might not be the time to be listening to the podcast. It gives me great pleasure to introduce retired police sergeant Jeff Motika. He likes to be called Mo. So, Doug, I think we should probably call him Mo today, shouldn't we? Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff recently retired from a large metropolitan Detroit area police department. It's It's a city that borders Detroit to the north. On the east end, yep. Yep, on the east side. Jeff recently retired. He retired at the rank of sergeant. He had a incredible career. I mean, we were chatting before before you fired up the equipment here, Doug. Uh, Jeff has Mo has worked in patrol. He was a patrol supervisor. He was an undercover narcotics detective. He worked directed patrol. We talked a little bit about that in episode one. You know that hot spots patrol. Mm -hmm. He worked directed patrol, special operations. Uh, he was on a heroin interdiction task force. He worked as a detective in the detective bureau. He was part of a drug enforcement administration task force where he was assigned out to the feds for a while. He was he made the rank of corporal before ultimately making sergeant. He was on the special response team. And for our audience who doesn't know what that is, that's SWAT. Right? SWAT team. Yep. Yeah, SWAT team. He was an entry uh, leader and a sniper team leader. But probably the the part of Mo's career that that we're going to focus in on today is you want to kind of tee that up for us a little bit. Uh, the Human Trafficking Task Force. He's going to get into how it came about, but he, I believe, started the Human Trafficking Task Force that ran for a while with his department, and that is going to kind of be the focus of today's show. Sergeant Mo, welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome to the Cop House Podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, welcome. Uh, thank, thank you for taking time out of... Well, you're retired now, so congratulations on your retirement from one retired cop to another. Uh, thank uh, you for getting me out of the house. My wife's got all kinds of projects for me, so this is a, this is a break. When I when I said, Doug, hey, would you set this up? And, and Doug basically told me, yeah, he's available anytime. So <laughs> you, reti- you retired, guys. Mo, why don't you tell us? We're going to talk today about human trafficking. Human trafficking. I, I guess maybe perhaps the best place to start is can you tell us what human trafficking is when when i you know you and i did policing for 27 years when you first started as a cop 27 years ago when i started as a cop did you ever hear the expression human trafficking no it 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 it, it was there but it was wasn't a thing nobody really investigated it was basically 
you know, you know, vice crimes, prostitution, and, and you know, the, the con- considered the victimless crimes, th- those sort of things that really weren't, they were, they were taken as part of things that happen in society, but really weren't enforced or looked into. And, and, and as you know, as society changes and evolves and things become more important, uh, to different groups and whatnot, laws change and things change. And people realize that, you know, the, the people participating in prostitution are, are not only criminal enterprises, they can be uh, running them, but also the, you know, the victims, uh, you know, the prostitutes are actually, or can be considered victims. Okay. And, and that's how this has evolved. And I would say most recently as the last eight, to seven years, something like that. Okay. Can you give us a definition of human trafficking? I, I, I know there's perhaps a legal definition, uh, maybe a layman's definition or... Sure. Or, yeah. So there's there's kind of, there's two different kinds of, uh, at least in the state of Michigan, what they determine to be human trafficking. There's what everyone basically knows is, uh, would be like sex trafficking, commercialized sex, uh, whether it's posted on the internet Back in my day, it was even, you know, advertised in the Detroit News and Metro Times and, you know, paper, paper Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, Then there is labor trafficking. And the idea or or I I guess the we'll call it the elements of what what trafficking is, it it revolves around uh, the use of. Uh, by a criminal actor of force, fraud, or coercion uh, to, to benefit monetarily uh, from another individual, whether in sex trafficking through commercialized sex acts or through uh, labor trafficking. Uh, and that's, the, that's not something I, I dealt with specifically in, in our area, but that's something you would see in terms of... Um, Okay, uh, we'll call them like uh, migrant workers, or even uh, like domestic workers, uh, stuff like that. Okay, so trafficking to boil it down, there's sex and there's work, mm-hmm. sex and labor. Yeah, to, to boil it down at its most basic level, yeah. Okay, I see. All right, you primarily focused on the the commercialized sex aspect of of the human trafficking. Yes. Okay, how did you get? interested how did you get involved in that you know you're a you're excuse me you're a police officer you're you're working for a very busy agency yeah yeah you you border the city of detroit to the north very busy agency how did how did that come about oh it it, it's a weird path and and if you allow me to 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 spin a yarn here i'll I'll be more than happy to do so (laughs) sure so after years of all kinds of narcotics work uh, specialized units, all sorts of, you know, I, I was down at the, the DEA as a task force officer. I, I thought I was, I was on top of my game. I was, I was running hot, high speed, low drag, doing all the cool, fun stuff that you see in the movies. And mm-hmm. I was just on fire, having the best time of my life. I spent the majority of my career, you know, almost trying to not be a cop but do cop stuff if that makes sense <laughs> and uh then I, I i was promoted and at our place uh, a promotion 
is, is to a corporal, which would uh, is also a synonymous with a, a detective position. Hmm. Now, I'd been running cases in the narcotics units, uh, special operations units, the in the DA running cases. So I knew how to detect or mm-hmm. investigate, however you want to call it. Right. Um, so basically, um, it's a contractual issue. Uh, we can't have detectives uh, working in task force. So it was like, hey, congratulations, you're promoted. Come home, shave, uh, yeah. learn how to tie a tie and come to work and right. sit at a desk. Take a shower. And <laughs> yeah. Get rid of the earrings. <laughs> Take yeah. a yeah, shower. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I've... <laughs> and so it was a 180 degree switch in mm-hmm. terms of what my life was living out of a car and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up all hours of the night, chasing people all over the place and, do, and doing all those things that I considered fun at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you tether me to a desk and say, here you go. Well, of course, low man gets all the crummy assignments. Mm-hmm. And in, it, for me, you know, it was, uh, they call it, it's been called a million different things, um, but it was basically family investigations and uh, kid things. Now, occasionally you'd, you'd get the, you, you know, the serious crimes involving kids, and that would be, you know, uh, CSCs against kids. And for our audience, that's a criminal sexual conduct, CSC, criminal sexual conduct. So go ahead. Yep. Uh, or, you know, child porn, uh, threats, school threats. But basically the more majority of them were, and they, they have their place in importance at the time. I didn't, it, it wasn't my thing. It, you know, Timmy hit Johnny on the playground and they want to file a complaint. Uh, okay. You had just spent a number of years kicking down doors and, and catching <laughs> catching drug yeah. traffickers, and now here you are yes. dealing with school-related things, stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, curfew violations and things of that nature that, in, in hindsight, I, I handled my job professionally as I should have, but it just wasn't exciting to me. Okay. And right about this time, uh, I started hearing things on the news, uh, you know, human trafficking this, human trafficking that, and I mm. d- didn't really know what it was. Mm. I go, well, this just seems kind of interesting. I mean, trafficking, drug trafficking, yeah, it's got it's to be pretty close, right? So I started educating myself, and, and um, there wasn't any real education uh, classes, training, police stuff that you could readily look up and go to your local academy and say, hey, I want to take a human trafficking class. How, mm-hmm. how do we do this? Mm-hmm. There was nothing like that. So I'm online and I'm, you know, listening to, to online podcasts and, you know, uh, going through these classes. I got, I think, I don't know, maybe 30 cr- credits from some nursing school in northern Minnesota <laughs> from doing all their podcasts okay. and online learning things. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay. So, but I took all kinds of different things and, and, and learned all these things. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then this class pops up out at uh, Oakland Police Academy. Hmm. They brought in this guy, uh, uh, Brad Schoenleben. He's a prosecutor in Orange County, California. Hmm. And uh, I encourage anyone, if you have the opportunity to, to go to one of his classes, do it. He is in high demand. Don't ask me how to spell his last name, but uh, <laughs> the guy is is top notch. He really inspired me, mm-hmm. and he inspired me by basically kicking me in the gut. Mm-hmm. I went to this class with um, just with myself, and at the time our intel officer. 
like, yeah, this would be pretty cool. Let's go check this out. Mm -hmm. And basically he goes through his spiel and talks about all these things. And I came out of there sick to my stomach because Mm -hmm. I realized that when I was a narcotics officer, I was part of the problem. How so? So when we're, you know, you, you go in and it, and we don't, in police work, we don't make things. We don't make widgets, right? right? We, we produce numbers and the numbers are arrests or amount of dope or guns or whatever it might be, right? That's, that's the tangibles that we can bring in. It doesn't matter how many traffic reports you take because, hey, hey right? That, that's not something you hang on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but those tangible things that you bring in, the arrests, are, are what's important in, in, in some places and things. So in the dope unit, Oh, I don't have any deals going. What do we do? Oh, let's call a girl. Let's go down to Eight Mile and pick up a, a, a hooker on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, pick one up. Do whatever it is. You know, go, you know, go to a hotel, pick up a girl, uh, call an ad. Back, this is right as the internet was just kind of starting up. So, mm-hmm. internet ads were not like they are nowadays. Because and, you're old like me. Yes, very yes, old. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like I said earlier, you could you could find ads in the Detroit News, the Metro Times, pamphlets, anything, you know, girls on eight mile. It's It was crazy. Mm. And the problem was we were so focus driven, we didn't pay attention to what was right in front of our face. So, so just to clarify, you were going down to, to in an attempt to make a prostitution arrest. Yes. To to sub, not substantiate, but to you had alluded to the numbers. Yep. You know to to get more arrests. Yep. Okay. And and and, and you would build on that. Say, you know, and, and the mindset at the time was, all oh, these girls are drug users. They're all crackheads. They got a dealer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll lock this girl up and say call your dealer up. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it worked a handful of times. Maybe it didn't. It mm-hmm. th- that didn't matter. Uh, but I realized that there are so many times when there was a pimp who was there that we didn't even pay attention to. Mm-hmm. The guy who drove them, the guy who was picking them up, the guy who probably had a bunch of doper guns in the car, didn't really make contact with him. Didn't, didn't matter. We didn't know. We just didn't know and i i left that that class and i was like oh no i'm part of the problem here so that really shifted my focus on how do i how do i right these wrongs okay. of all these things i uh, all these people i let fall through the cracks and mm-hmm. basically used for, for no good reason other than a stat so it, it- it took an instructor from California coming to Michigan to teach a policing class on human trafficking to kind of convict you a little bit and say, oh, man, we we could have done X, Y, and Z in dealing with these prostitutes. Absolutely. Okay, yep. I see. Was that kind of the shift, too, for you of looking at most prostitutes as victims rather than somebody that's committing the crime of prostitution? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and... and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some people who, who will do these things willingly. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a lot of it is they, they have a, a habit or an addiction that they, they can't, can't beat. Mm-hmm. And this is how they, 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 they pay that bill, mm-hmm. right? And, and where, where I would draw the line in, in my head is, okay, you have an addiction, and, and I understand that. But when someone is taking advantage of that addiction and, and monetarily 
benefiting from that and profiting from that, I got a problem with that person. Mm-hmm. I, I can offer you help. No one's going to want no, no, Nobody can get themselves sober, get themselves clean unless they want to. I, I, can, I can take anyone who's got an addiction, send them off to uh, a rehab facility for 30, 45, 90 days. If they don't want to be there, they're going to come out and they're going to go right back to it. It's, it's something a, cha- a change a person has to do themselves. I can't make you do it. Mm-hmm. I, I can make you not do it for a period of time. I can put you in jail, but what's that going to do? Nothing. It, it, it's, it's a terrible circle. <laughs> could, could you kind of allude to or speak to, like, in terms of the prostitutes that are maybe being sex trafficked versus the ones that are doing it, you know, maybe willingly to, like you said, kind of fund an addiction? Is there, like, a percentage that you could put on it of ones that are actually trafficked I, I versus would, doing it voluntarily? So when I started diving into this and, and getting really into it and, and making contact with all sorts of uh, people involved in, in, in these these investigations, I would say at one point or another, a, a, anyone who... who who's involved in the the commercial sex trade has has been trafficked in one way shape or form and 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 as part of what i talked about earlier was the the definition the force fraud or coercion mm-hmm. part of coercion uh is also the supply or denial of drugs mm. so that's where a lot of these guys uh will uh willingly or will provide drugs uh, as long as they provide the sex acts or, Hey, you know, you don't, you don't do four or five dates today. You're not getting your fix. Okay. So it's not just a threat of violence. It's I'm either going to give you what you're craving in this addiction or I'm going to withhold it. Yes. Okay. And, gotcha. and, and that's a real major part. And, and when, when you have that, uh, you, you don't, you don't have to be violent. Mm. And, and one thing that my partners and I, and, and I can't take full credit for all this. I had a couple of partners who, who really worked hard on this with me, and mm. we bounced ideas off each other and and, and stuff, and really came to build a a, a, a pretty good network of uh, information and investigation and all, all sorts of stuff like that. So it it's not just me. Yeah, I, I I can't take all the credit. Mm-hmm. I. I think I kind of dragged them in and <laughs> they may or may not regret it at this point, but I don't think they do. But, right. you know, these investigations are, are the most rewarding and the most frustrating at the exact same time. Okay. And we can get to that. Some sure. of the, some of the frustrations. So here you are a detective, um, kind of yearning for your past of, of the narcotics work, but now you're, now you've equipped yourself with knowledge from these podcasts knowledge from this training you now have this sense of remorse on maybe what we could have done better what'd you do with all that mo so and i started paying more attention to cases that would come across my desk Hmm. and not just you know in in the detective bureau you get your case and you deal with it i don't really care what joe has or mike has that's their case i i got enough work i don't need more work and I started looking into other cases and reading everybody else's case. And I come in early and it, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of work, mm-hmm. but I'm just reading and going, okay, what's here, what's here, what's here. And I run into this case and this was like the first one. And I, and I would call it a test case okay. because I wasn't sure what was going to happen with, with this case. And 
uh, I kind of boil it down in my mind is that like human trafficking is just like a drug trafficking investigation. Your commodity is a person now rather than uh, an amount of narcotics. And that's how I kind of broke it down in my head as to how I'm going to handle these investigations, how I'm going to go after them. So we had a case where uh, a young lady uh, claimed that she was was raped. Mm -hmm. And I read the report, and the road officers did a real good job of this. They go, and and the the nuts and bolts of this is uh, brother calls 911, says my sister was just raped, and the guy's running through the apartment complex. This is an apartment complex where they had basements, storage areas, Mm -hmm. and some of them were connected to other buildings, whether it was uh, actual doors or we'll call them self-made doors mm-hmm. <laughs> in these apartment complexes where they just bust a hole through the wall and you can get on through. Okay. But, you know, I, and the guy's running through the complex. So road officers, and this is like three in the morning kind of thing. Road officers find dude running through the complex. It's the guy. Hmm. They stop him. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, this guy's threatening to beat me up. I met this girl on Backpage. Uh, Backpage at the time was was the the thing for, for finding, uh, sex ads that's since been taken down. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I can dig into that. But in terms of investigative wise, Mm -hmm. uh, so this guy goes, tells the story, goes, Hey, I met her here. You know, uh, I called, called the ad. She shows up. I'm staying at my sister's house. So we go to the basement. Not weird at all, but okay. Uh, you know, we 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 do the we do the sex, and she wants more money. He's like, I'm not paying you any more money. She goes, Well, my boyfriend's gonna come in here and beat you up till you give me more money. Mm. So that's when the guy's like, I'm out. Takes off, runs through the basement, and, and does whatever, and gets caught. Mm-hmm. Well, I've I've got a an alleged rape charge. I have a suspect who they talked to and identified, but they didn't arrest him. They thought something was up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you. you I, I can I can see where this is going. The the patrol officers, yes. they, they thought there was more to the story, so they didn't make an in-custody arrest. Right. Okay. They had all his information. We knew who he is. We could seek a warrant later if need be. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I start digging. And, you know, they, they have everyone's phone numbers, you know, all, all the horsepower you need to put in in, in a reporter. Phone numbers for the, for, the, for the girl, the phone numbers for the brother, boyfriend, pimp, whatever he is at this point in time, because he's identified himself two different ways to officers. And I'm like, okay. And he was the caller? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I, I know it's, it, it's, you can't make this stuff up. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Right. So I start, I start digging in and I go, well, the guy said he found her on Backpage. So what do I do? I go to Backpage mm-hmm. and I'm scrolling through, scrolling through, and I find this girl's ad. I'm like, okay, well, you know, because, you know, I, I've done dope investigations and all these things. Oh, well, there's a phone number for the ad. Hmm. Okay, well, I start playing with the phone number and, you know, open source stuff, maybe some, uh, and I did some MDOC stuff. Well, the phone number for the ad is this uh, registered sex offender on parole's personal cell phone. Hmm. Is MDOC thing. Michigan Department of Corrections. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So he's on parole and, and he's a registered sex offender. And his phone number is the number for the ad. Mm. I go, well, that's weird. And 
she's got pictures taken up, selfies, right? And in a selfie, you take it in a mirror, and she's got this crazy bedazzled phone. Mm. Okay, cool. So I call her up and I say, hey, can you come in and talk to me about this? I'm just curious as to what's going on and how this all worked out. So she comes in and we're talking and I ask her what's going on and this, that, and the other. And, you know, and she's kind of all over the place. Not, not a very good interview, uh, or I should say not a very good liar. Mm. And, you know, when people come in, they, you know, they always have their phone in their hand and, and she's not carrying this bedazzled phone. So I go, is this really what happened? And she's like, yes, 100%. Officer, this is what happened. I go, okay. Um, so I, I, I printed out the ad and call her, and I'm like, so what can you tell me about this? And she just sinks in her chair. She goes, ah. Oh. I goes, I, 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 you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I go, what do you mean you don't know? You confronted her with the back page? Yeah. Ad? Okay. Yeah, she's like, I, I don't know. Hmm. I go, okay. I go, well, I see you have your phone right here, and this is like a brown cased iPhone. Where, where's this phone? Is this your phone? He goes, yeah, that's my, yeah, that, this is my boyfriend's phone. I'm like, so I'm, my ears perk up. I go, mm-hmm. your boyfriend's phone? Well, where's your phone? Oh, he has it. Oh, that's okay. Where, where, mm-hmm. where, where's he at? Oh, he's in the lobby. So I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hold on. I, I have my potential pimp with your phone in the lobby mm-hmm. who drove you in here. And I'm like, this is crazy. Connect the dots for the audience, Mo. Yeah. Why is this crazy? I, I, I think I know where you're going with this, but just let's assume our audience not being <laughs> police folks. Why is, what, what are you starting to put together here? So I'm putting together, number one, th- this is a control factor. He, he brings her, he takes her everywhere she goes. He's in charge. That's how this works. He, he's, he's, he's the pimp. He controls her phone. He controls who she talks to. And he, he's, in, he's in charge. He's running the show. He gets her back and forth to places. He probably took her to that date and was going to take the money as part and parcel of this is how this works. So he's basically pimping this girl out. Because ordinarily, people don't give up their phones. No. And now, is this something you remember hearing from this this training that Brad conducted, this Brad guy or something? Or being a cop, you just kind of put that together. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean... None of us, our, our phones don't leave us. I don't leave my phone with my wife. I don't do, you know, that's just not how it works. Right. Your phone's your phone. It's, it's almost an extension to your body nowadays. Okay. And so I go, tell me what really happened. And she tells me, she goes, yeah, we put up this ad. You know, he said we'd make some extra money and this and that. And, you know, I'm, oh, okay. So this was his idea. She goes, yeah. I go, how many, how many of these ads, how many dates you've done? She goes, ah, this is like the second or third one. I go, okay, cool. You know. This is all recorded, audio and video. Mm-hmm. And I go, so here's the thing. I go, we got this guy. He was he was your date, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he pay you? Well, no, he didn't pay me. Well, okay. Well, the prosecutor wants to charge this guy. And you're going to have to come in and a witness and say that this is what happened and that, you know, this is, you know, what you originally said was not the truth. He goes, no, 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 I don't want to charge this guy. I don't want anything to do with it. I go, would you mind, you know, uh, we'll, we'll call it. How about write out an apology letter? Like, hey, I'm sorry, I lied, this, that, and the other. And she does. I go, perfect. I go, hey, quick question for you. I go, as part and parcel of this, you mind if uh, we do a forensic dump on your phone? So and a forensic dump would be, I, I, I got consent to, it basically downloads everything that's on your phone and you can look at it on a computer. Text messaging, social media sites visited, 
everything, et cetera. Yep. Yep. You, it's a copy of your phone. Got it. And she's like, yeah, no problem. I go, well, can I get your phone? She's like, yeah, sure. I go, where, you know, your boyfriend has it. She goes, yeah, you can ask him for it. So I go out in the lobby and here he is. I go, mm-hmm. hey, you got her phone? He's like, yeah. He goes, oh, she needs it. Oh, okay, here you go. Hmm. So I come back and we dump the phone. And that takes a little bit of time. So I get my information and this is how this goes. I send her on her way. I wait for the phone dump. I go through the phone. I go through the, the, the phone information and I kid you not, you know, they got this back page in it. And at the time, before the feds shut down back page, it was based in the U.S., Mm-hmm. So you could send them a search warrant and say, I want this information for this specific ad. And each ad had a, like a serial number or a phone number attached to it or ho- however, w- whatever they would use. And, and I would use different language to get these search warrants. But it would give you like every ad ever placed by the person who placed any specific ads. So she had ads in, uh, you know, Sandusky, Ohio and Detroit and kind of all over the place. Well, I'm, you know, they go down to Cedar Point and they mm-hmm. need extra money for the, the fast pass or whatever. I don't know. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. Fine. So I get the phone and I go through this guy's uh, internet searches. How to find Johns for a hooker. How to, how to, how to find, uh, you know, Johns for a hoe. Stuff like this. And I was like... This is the internet search history. That, that was his search history. Mm-hmm. How, how to find customers for a prostitute. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is nuts. Wow. So I go, okay, we're going to call this a test case, right? Mm-hmm. I have at least, at least based on her statements, I have, I, I wouldn't call it a pure trafficking case because there didn't appear to be any force, fraud, or coercion. You know, she seemed to be doing this willingly. However, the, there is a law called pandering. And pandering is basically um, you are... Uh, you introduce someone to prostitution and you have to be the one to introduce them to it and kind of control and act in, in with them for uh, the commercial sex act. So he got her into it as she admitted, mm-hmm. uh, pandering is a 15 year felony. I'm like, okay, I got pandering here. Okay. And there are a couple of sub charges uh, that also go along with the human trafficking. They're not considered human trafficking, but they are part and parcel like subsets. There is, transporting a person for pro- the purpose of prostitution. Mm-hmm. That's a felony. So you you know someone's a prostitute and you take them to a, a, a sex date, that's a felony. You collect money, you know, uh, accepting the earnings of a prostitute. You collect money, that's a felony. Those are pretty easy to, 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 to vet out in an interview. Mm-hmm. And she already told me that. Right. So I'm like, okay. So he anticipated getting money, but he didn't get it. We could, you could still call that a accepting earnings. He drove her to a sex date, mm-hmm. and he anticipated earnings that just wasn't there. All right, perfect. He had the intent of collecting. Correct. Yes. So there we go. I have three felony charges, uh, plus, you know, um, lying in a felony investigation mm-hmm. on her part. And, and, and I'm like, okay, cool. So Based I, on her statement to the initial patrol officers. Yes. Okay. Yep. Got it. So now I've got this... I, I, write up the warrant request. I got it all going. I go, I'm not, this is it, man. This is slam dunk. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. I'm the guy. Right. So I sent it up to the prosecutor's office and they go, nope. I go, what do you mean? No. Ah, she was a, a, a victim of a sexual assault. I go, no, this was a sex transaction and, and, and she lied. Hmm. Nope. Not doing it. Wow. So I, I, so I went, okay, game on. All right. 
that's how you want to play it. That's how you want to play it. Okay. So, and just so our audience knows, when you submit a warrant package to a prosecutor's office, typically there's three responses you're going to get. Here's your warrant. Yes. You're not getting a warrant or here's, here's a little bit of homework or a further go back and do a little bit more work. They didn't even further this. They just flat out said no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I said, nope, not happening. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you very much. Hmm. We'll see how this goes. So as I continue to, you know, muddle my way through the family investigations, I get a, uh, an investigation where a, a young lady uh, is arrested for resisting obstructing officers at, at a hotel at, gosh, I, I don't know how this happened. You, you know, things were on our side, apparently. The, 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 the sun, moon, stars aligned, whatever it might have been. Eleven thirty, uh, the day before her birthday. So she's sixteen years old, hmm. and, and at the time, a seventeen was considered an adult. Mm-hmm. This is before they changed the laws. So, so we're talking about a fifteen-year-old. She was sixteen, going to be seventeen. Gotcha. Okay. So at eleven thirty at night, she's in a ho- she's in a hotel parking lot. Officers roll up. She's walking through the thing with some bags, and we find out later. We'll get to that part. So. They shake shake her down in the parking lot. Uh, then they start fighting. She gets pepper sprayed. They charge her with resisting, obstructing. It's just crazy. Well, because she's a juvenile, they uh, housed her at the youth home. So they go up to the youth home, and she has a hearing later that day with the the referee. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, I got this case. So I take a look at it, and I start running her name through our database. And I, and I see about a month ago, she was at another hotel at three in the morning, sitting in the back of a car. I go, what's this 16 year old girl doing sitting in at hotels? Mm-hmm. I go, Click, not right. I'm like, all right, let me, let me see what I can do here. So I ask, uh, so I go up, talk to the, the referee. I go, I think something's weird going on here. You mind if I talk to her? So I talk to her, uh, and she's kind of giving me a little bit of stuff. I'm like, Hey, you know, what's going on here? What are you doing at hotels? How's this working? Why are you here? And I go, man, she didn't give me much. She gave me a little bit, but not a lot. And I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't, this is weird. And then of course, you know, the juvenile thing where, well, you know, her, her mom lives in, in, in Wayne County. So she's a Wayne County resident. So, uh, we're going to kick save this out of Macomb County. We're going to go down to Wayne County and see you later. I'm like what, mm-hmm. what just happened here? <laughs> so that was made by the, the Macomb County probate court. Yeah. That they were going to kick it down to Wayne County where Detroit is. Yep. Okay. Yep. Send, send her back to the, the, the venue in which she lives. Okay. Like, oh, okay. And you're a Macomb County cop. So right. that kind of, did that essentially take you out of play here? Well, kind of. It, it probably should have. Okay. However. <laughs> <laughs> Not one to be deterred. No. <laughs> However. <laughs> so I get a call uh, from her uh, probation officer. Guy was real cool, real kind of in, into this. He, he kind of had a feeling for the trafficking stuff, and he was he was he was a good dude. And uh, like, hey man, here's what I want to do. I want to get her uh, forensically interviewed. And, and the idea with, with a forensic interview is there's there's a certain way to interview juveniles that are it's it's complicated but very simple, and you have to be trained to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have since gone and become forensically trained. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and just for the for the audience, 
purposes here to, um, to be a for certified forensic interviewer. That's essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, Mo, but um, to properly interview a kid so that it can be admitted into a court of law, yes. you should be a CFI, a certified forensic interviewer? Yes. For kids. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. And, and a, lot of, a lot of different counties have specific places where they would send who have a team of forensic interviewers. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, again, because we're dealing with juveniles, these things aren't recorded, but you can watch them on video live, stuff like that. So I, we were able to set up a forensic interview with, with, this, with this young lady. So I go down to Wayne County and they forensically interview her and she starts spouting off some stuff. Hey, yeah, you know, my home life isn't the greatest. I know I, I, I knew this guy from the neighborhood. Um, you know, he told me I could, I, I could earn some money. Uh, takes her to, you know, she's 16 years old at the time. Takes her to a strip club. She starts, you know, she's dancing at a strip club at 16. She's making money. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is happening right now. So, but she only knows him by a street name. And, and I'm not going to get into that because the story continues, we'll say. So, I'm like, okay. She goes, yeah, then I, it started getting weird. So I just kind of didn't talk to him for a couple of months. And I got in a fight with my mom and, you know, ran back into him. And, you know, next thing you know, uh, you know, we're, we're smoking weed. And then we go to his sister's place and his sister dolls me all up and, uh, you know, basically does like a, an old school glamour shots, you know, mm -hmm. puts this little girl in lingerie, dolls her up. Looks like she's 25 years old mm -hmm. in her in her ads. Mm -hmm. So she, she lays all this stuff out and gives the guy a street name. I'm like. Wow. Okay, this girl was trafficked. Okay, so that's what's going through your mind at this point. You're yeah. Are you participating in the forensic interviewer? No. Or you're watching? Yeah, it? I was. I was watching. So, it. so this is going through your mind. Oh yeah. my goodness, this is unfolding right in front of me. Yes. A human trafficking case. Yes. Okay. And and, and so, when our officers officers encountered her and arrested her, she had been at that hotel for three days. She said, "I spent the first day hanging out there." The next day, I was in the room while other girls were doing uh, dates, watching. And the third day, uh, I, I had to do a couple of dates. And he wouldn't let me have my phone. I was here. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't leave. And, you, you know, he, he had told me all about this. You know, he had, she called it a team photo. He had a team photo of all these girls. I'm like, a team photo? Holy cow, this guy's messed up. Wow. And I'm like, okay. She goes, yeah. And... He just happened to, you know, he was he had left the hotel or something, and the other girl was supposed to be watching me, but she either got drunk or high and wasn't paying attention. He goes, I grabbed my stuff, and I ran through that parking lot, and then the cops just scooped me up. I was like, oh, my goodness. They had it all right there and didn't even know. Wow. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Okay, so they wouldn't let her have her phone. Right. They wouldn't let her leave. Yep. And they assigned someone to watch her. Yep. Sure sounds like coercion or force to me. Yep. Okay. And, and, and here, here's the, uh, I, I guess, the bright sparkly in, in all of this. Sex trafficking of a minor, anyone under the age of 18, so 17 and below, involved in commercialized sex is considered uh, uh, a victim of sex trafficking. That's what the law says. Okay. So if you have an ad and you're 16 years old, you're a victim of human trafficking, presumed. 
Okay. Well, like, you don't need force fraud or coercion. That's that's it. it. It's per se on its face. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, holy cow! This is like, this is it. I, this this is a trafficking case. Hmm. So, not to be deterred. So, <laughs> ha- having had issues, yes, with, you're still in Wayne County, so, yeah. right? So. <laughs> So I go back and I start doing my research and, and me and the probation officer, he's going, Hey, I found this guy's stuff on Instagram and I found this and that. So I'm doing search warrants and I figure out who this guy is. And I, I, I throw his name into, uh, a database and his real name, not his yes, street name. Got right. It. Okay. And it turns out that, uh, the FBI, uh, child trafficking sex, uh, child trafficking task force, uh, has, has, has a, not a case or has interest in this guy. Mm-hmm. So I go and talk to them. I go, Hey, what do you know about this guy? I'm like, ah, yeah. He, you know, he, he's, he's, he's kind of a, kind of a bad dude. Uh, he's wanted by, he's like one of Canada's most wanted or something. And I'm like, what? Hmm. Yeah. His brother was running girls and he was over there and his brother got locked up for whatever they call it over there not it was it was trafficking but they call it something different and mm-hmm. in canada they call it something different yeah okay. i don't remember what it was called at the time hmm. and so when his brother got locked up they gave me this uh he went over there to to run his brother's operation and and they gave me this report i mean it was probably like four inches thick mm-hmm. reading the Can- canadian cop report was a little different for me because it was weird mm-hmm. but essentially one of the girls that they were working had gone rogue and, and left out and went to her family's house. This guy tracks her down, uh, finds her in her, in, in some apartment, goes in and, and does horrific things, hmm. beats her up, ties her to a, uh, a, a chair. Then there's some Canadian SWAT standoff or something with the guy. It's, it's crazy. I'm like, what is this? And this, and is, this the, is the same guy. Yes. Yes. That was my question. Not same. the brother. It was him. Yes. It was Jeez. him. So they gave him, they, they charged him with a bunch of stuff. And for whatever reason, either he got back in the country or let him leave out or something. Hmm. And evidently like their warrants expire after some, some amount of time. It was weird. A warrant like that expired? Uh, okay. They didn't so, want him. They didn't want him eventually. So the Canadian really? authorities. Yeah, it was weird. Didn't want him. Wow. Okay. It, it was, I mean, it's crazy. So it's America's problem now. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. What was like the time, like how long had it been since that? If you know, uh, maybe five, six years, oh my. that serious of stuff was already expired that they didn't want him. That's it, wild. Yeah. And this guy's been doing this for obviously five to six years and mm-hmm. before I even run into him. So I get a hold of the FBI and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want, we want to, we want to, you know, we, we want to take your case. I'm like, well, you know, I don't want you to take my case. This is my case. <laughs> so uh, instead of calling my local prosecutor, I call the attorney general's office. Okay. They have a trafficking task force. The Mich- like, Michigan attorney general's yep. office. Yep. Okay. So I, I, I get hooked up with the prosecutor up there and I go, this is what I got. And they're like, oh, yeah, FBI has been working this, trying to work on this guy. Problem is he's got, you know all the other we've got like one other witness who's an adult and you know it's it's tougher with the force fraud and coercion and this that and the other and i'm like well this girl's 16 they're like mm-hmm. yeah you know they're all like we want it we're gonna take it. we're gonna run with this mm-hmm. uh, so i give them all my stuff i'm like hey that's 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 fine we, we get this guy locked up that's that's what matters here mm-hmm. so over this time 
I have, I've built a rapport with this young lady and her mom. And, you know, mom's so thankful. And, you know, they got the, gir- uh, the girls, you know, going through therapy and stuff like this. And, I don't know, a month or two go by. I don't know. I don't hear what's going on because they, they, they pulled my information. And the AG's office is going to do their thing. And uh, I'm just waiting. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from mom. Did the AG's office issue a complaint and warrant? And, yes. And so he was in custody. Or at least arrested. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. He was okay. still in the wind, but they had the warrants issued. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so eventually they had they had picked him up on something. I, I, I wasn't privy to that. Hmm. They they picked him up and they were going to go to trial. They were charging him out in Oakland County with uh, with the trafficking of a minor and a couple other uh, adult uh, human trafficking cases. So he had pending cases in Oakland County as well. Well, they or, put them all together and they I, used Oakland County as the venue. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, all right. So the mom calls me up one day and goes, hey, what's, wh- who's this guy? I go, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Apparently, um, the FBI had sent uh, one of their investigators over to prep this girl for trial. She doesn't, she's never talked to this guy, doesn't know who this guy is. And she's like, my daughter's a mess. Mm. She tried killing herself yesterday. Mm. I'm like, what? So I'm like, oh. So I call the, and they go, yeah, we sent this, we we sent them over uh, to to prep her for trial. I go, is there a reason you didn't call me? Mm. Well, we didn't think that, uh, I go, I've I've, I've been, I built a rapport with this girl and her mom, and and I've been talking to them for months. you know, and, and, and here we are. What, what do you, why would you do this? Well, you know, this is just what we do. I go, I don't, I don't agree with that. So they sent an assistant prosecutor, assistant AG yeah. over to the house. And, no, no, oh. just, just, just a, a, an FBI agent. Oh, an agent. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so I was like, wow, that, that, that's not cool. No. Now that, now this girl's a mess and you know, she's got weird people. She doesn't know talking to her and you know, mm. she's, well, she's now a 17 year old girl who's been traumatized and now mm-hmm. you got people she doesn't know asking her questions about stuff she doesn't want to talk about mm. well that went that didn't go so well so then they start begging me can you get a hold of mom can you go talk to him i'm like i'll talk to mom and mom's like no we're not doing this I'm like oh. i completely understand oh, she goes i don't want anything to do with this she's been in the hospital again for this and i'm like I, I i'm so sorry I, I i didn't have any control she goes it's not your fault i know you've done everything you can for us mom was mom was very gracious um, and it turns out they, they had some adult witness who was a superstar and got on the stand and talked about it and did all, you know, he got convicted and put away. Great. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Wait for the rest of the story. That huh? was 2019. Hmm. Uh, November of this year, we get a call. <laughs> There's a. Yep. November of this year. November of, of, well, last year. Okay. 22. All right. <laughs> or 23. 23. Yeah. November yeah. 23. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we get a call. There's a girl in a hospital. Uh, hey, I was trafficked at this hotel. This is this and this and this. So we sent guys out there to talk about it. I talked to this girl. On, it, it was on my shift, but, uh, you know, union issues. I'm not allowed to interview people because it's a different union and I'm not a, it's ridiculous and it's, not cool, hmm. but we had a couple of guys who had, who've had some some trafficking training given by me, and they went out, talked to this girl, and she laid it all out, 
and it's the same guy who just got out. Wow. Same so guy was, who just So he was out of prison. So like yeah. he, he served, how much time did he get? Five years? <laughs> less than that? Yeah, less than five. And, what, if, and what, yeah. year, what year was that that he was convicted? 19. And he was out in 23. Wow. Jeez. Doing that's, it again. That's awful. Doing it again. Right back to it. So they authorized some other charges on him, and uh, that, that case is, is, is now pending again. But I'm like, here we go again. Oh, man. I mean, there, Leopard doesn't change its spots. Mo, there's so much to unpack here. I, oh. <laughs> I, I wish we had two more hours to talk. This, this is very fascinating and compelling. One thing you mentioned, and, and we, you didn't spend much time on it, you had said the night when this initially went down, the patrol officers were in the parking lot dealing with this young lady. Yes. And inside a hotel room, probably within 100 yards of where the officers were, was a sex trafficking operation taking place. Yep. Talk a little bit, maybe not, maybe not a ton of time, but a little bit about how training of the patrol officer, and you've done a lot of training in sex trafficking, in this human yeah. trafficking. Talk about how that case may have gone a little bit differently. And, and I'm, not, I'm not criticizing the guys and girls that were out there, right? but had they had more training, how that might have gone different on the night when this initially came to the police department's attention? Well, they didn't know. They just didn't know. Right. It, it wasn't a concern of theirs. It was a hysterical kid running through a parking lot who started throwing jabs, mm -hmm. and that's what they knew. Right. And they're like, we're done. Pepper spray and we're done. There's no, there's nothing else to do here. Resist, obstruct, uh, on our way. We're off. Yep. yep. No, no other backstory into what's going on here. Why is this happening? What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't any of that. It, she was just hysterical. And hindsight, looking back, oh, I know exactly why she was hysterical. She just freed freed herself from captivity. Sure. And just running. She didn't know where she was. She had no idea where she was when I talked to her. She's like, I don't know where I was. Hmm. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of training you've done in the past for, you know, episode one of the Cop House podcast, we talked about patrol and yep. how critical training is for the patrol officer. And the patrol officer is the initial officer usually to, to come in contact with the public. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of training might have been helpful for these officers? And, not, and I'm not being yeah. critical of them. No, but, but, but what I would say is, number one, know that this is a thing know that trafficking is a thing and, and a lot of people still dismiss it as i uh, you know they're just crack whores and mm -hmm. that's all they want to do and that's all they know and that there's there's nothing going on here nothing i care about mm -hmm. right do you got your dope no dope okay fine whatever whatever we're going to do from here on out mm -hmm. no no further investigation and well why would you do further investigation well because it takes time it takes effort it takes maybe a little bit of compassion mm -hmm. and when you're running from run to run to run to run to run mm -hmm. you don't have time for that but sometimes you got to make that time and uh, you know i would i would tell officers you know see things for what they are not what you want them to be you know i'm sure those guys had their you know their little spidey senses going off like this isn't right mm -hmm. but at that point you know they they had fought with her and were like we're done. I don't want to do any, I'm, I don't care where she came from. I don't care what she's doing here. Mm -hmm. I just fought with this girl who, you know, was like a cage tiger <laughs> fighting me in a parking lot. And yeah. like, now nah, here we are. I'm done. So it, 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 I don't know if their initial, how, what their initial contact was like. I don't, I, you know, it could have just been like, Hey, what are you doing? 
she's hysterical and they just start fighting i don't know right but you know you there's you, you know you, you you get more more flies with, with honey than with vinegar mm-hmm. so if, if you come in with a kind heart and a kind word maybe you can open that door sure. rather than become confrontational or uh, adversarial yeah and, you know in their defense they hadn't i'm guessing had any training yet in this yet no um you worked for a very busy agency just north of the city of Detroit. You're yeah. probably they were probably running call to call to call to call, and they had just fought with her. Right. So I yeah um, okay. Any any lesson that was learned with respect to the FBI agent, and I'm I'm we don't want to be critical of anyone and and their their investigative techniques, but can you speak a little bit about? coordination of efforts as far i mean it would have been wonderful if that agent had reached out to you and said hey sure could you go with me Uh, or yeah and and i wouldn't say that was even just the agent's fault i would say it was overall system issue Mm. where yeah we view her as we, we view this girl as a victim but now she has to be our witness and this is what our witness protocol is i send someone out to talk to them now the FBI had taken over because they had they had multiple other uh, victims they were using for these things and for this for the specific case and the agent in charge was handling it and he was gonna prep this girl for trial and get what he needed for this thing. I could understand it to that point, but at the same point, you've never had contact with this person. You've never talked to them. Uh, I, I would say a little professional courtesy it would have gone a longer way, and we might not have had a, a young lady, you know, have, suffer some more severe mental distress after that. Sure. Have you heard from her at all? I, I, I mean, have, up to the point you retired? Did, I have did not. Did you ever hear how she was doing emotionally, mentally? No. no okay. No, my, mom uh, was was done with the whole process sure. and just didn't want anything more to do with it. And I, I can understand that. Sure. Mom probably just wanted her to recover from the awful things that she went through. The mom, you know, oh, absolutely. If, if she has her daughter back, she probably doesn't really care much about the legal proceedings after that, I'm assuming. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was that was incredible. Uh, so from there, Mo, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you did with this experience, this knowledge you now have? I, I understand you 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 essentially brought this type of investigative techniques and and this training to your agency. Can you? Yeah. So what we and then after that we'd had a, a and I guess. In terms of stats, numbers, and whatnot, we had a lot of good successes because we know what we were looking for. We knew what we were doing. We we knew how to investigate a case and how to how to interview people. Talking to people is is the biggest key. And, and if you know how to talk to somebody, uh, you can build that rapport and 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 elicit the information that that I guess is needed to build a case, but also build build that rapport with somebody where they can trust you and talk to you about those those deep dark nasty things that happen to them that they don't want to live live again mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about again mm-hmm. and that uh, and i would say myself and my partner said it had a good knack for that for talking to people mm-hmm. clearly i have an effort knack for talking yes <laughs> <laughs> um and, and and we had a bunch of cases a lot of good stuff happened and I mean, I don't want to keep you guys all day. I mean, I know you're retired and I got nothing better to do either. But (laughs) (laughs) um, essentially, go ahead. uh, And we had probably at 
and I could I can't even put a number on it because I stopped I stopped counting uh, a number of cases where traffickers were convicted, trafficking minors, trafficking of adults, all the other sub you know tra- uh, transporting, accepting earnings things, all those things. We we, we had great success, mm-hmm. and people were looking to us. There, then there were a couple of uh, human trafficking started to become a thing, mm-hmm. and it became more more popular i get that's not a good word but that's what it was uh, so people were getting on the bandwagon and i attended a class and basically my, my partner and i we attended this class go we, you know let's get their knowledge see what they have see what they're doing mm-hmm. and it was bad mm. it was horrible it was probably one of the worst classes i ever went to mm. and, and I, I i was so were, I, it, were they teaching bad technique were they teaching was it did it lack compassion i mean what what made it bad they weren't doing trafficking okay they were they weren't they were they were doing john stings and mm-hmm. that's part and parcel of it but that's it, it, it they called it human trafficking but it was they were doing john stings and and you you need those and because you got to cut off the 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 demand mm-hmm. that it, it's important but they were, they were calling that trafficking, but they weren't arresting any traffickers. They weren't dealing with any any victims. And I got home from that class, and my partner and I, you know, after the class, we went out, had had lunch, and we're going back and forth. I go, man, that was a mess. I don't even know what we. I mean, good thing we didn't have to pay for it. You know, it was that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but these people thought that they they had it locked down, and they they were the experts. Mm. And I'm like. But I, we've done probably by the time half dozen cases and convictions, and, and they didn't have any. I'm like, how are you teaching a class on mm-hmm. something you don't really know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not you, you're not getting your hands dirty. You're you're not in you're, you're not in the trenches. You don't know these these uh, these girls intimately. You don't know them. I mean, they don't have your cell phone number where they call you. I mean, mm-hmm. we we had built a network of girls that were in between pimps and, and you know doing things on their own and doing things on their, you know it's just. It was crazy. It, it, it was a crazy time. And I'm sensing that this bad class was inspired you and your partner. Well, I'm sensing that. <laughs> it did. Okay. It did. And, and un- unfortunately, I came home and, you know, s- sitting out with my wife and, and complaining. She's like, if you think you can do a better job, do it. I'm like, ah, well, wives. <laughs> I, go, I go, what does that mean? She goes, if you think you can teach a better class, then do it. Mm. I'm like, I don't know how to do this stuff. She goes, you know how to talk to people. You know how to do this. I go, yeah, but I don't know how to, you know, run a class, and I don't know how to to get the certification. She goes, I'll take care of all that. Don't worry about that. I'll, I'll run the administrative stuff. I'll get people in seats. I'll market it. Uh, you know, do this. We'll get you the, the, the state certification to... To, to teach a class and have it spot, you know, approved by the state for training and all that stuff. And she did. We and, need to have her on the show, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. And she, she, she was a huge support. And, you know, she told me, put my money where my mouth is. And we, we established a training group. Okay, that was my question. Yeah. This ultimately resulted in you starting a, a, a training LLC or yep. did you? Okay. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, Is that something you still do? No. It, it, you know, and, and like everything else, the pandemic come around and that really, we actually had three or four trainings set up all over the state ready to go. And, uh, you know, 
trainings were shut down, in-person training, uh, and then other things became more important than human trafficking investigations. Mm-hmm. Whatever those trainings were, it, it was it was not human trafficking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a lull from that just just kind of soured the experience. Gotcha. Not to kind of derail anything, but if if somebody wanted to seek similar training or good human trafficking type training, I mean, do you have any recommendations or anything that you know of for anybody who might be listening and actually working in law enforcement that wants to find that? Ben Schoenleben. Okay. Uh, he, I, he comes I, out like maybe once a year. I'll uh, look him up. I'll get yeah. the spelling and we can drop it on our social media. Yeah. 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 He, he, I know he had done one last year too. And we, I, we sent some guys to it from our place. Uh, so it was beneficial for them. Uh, I don't know if it's something I want to start back up or not, to be honest with you. It, it was a lot of work and, um, but, but I gained a lot from it. Mm-hmm. You just retired recently. Yes. So yeah, I, I guess from one old retired guy to another, <laughs> maybe don't jump into something right away, but yeah. you know, if four to six months from now, you're still feeling, I, Mo, you have so much knowledge and experience that could be shared with police agencies as well as young cops who want to oh, yeah. put these creeps away. Sure. Um, if, if you still have, if you're still feeling it four to six months from now, maybe. Let us know. We'll plug it. Yeah, we, we absolutely will. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of work and we, we, and, and, and the essence of that training was, it was basically, you know, we would talk about our cases and how we would build a case and how you could get to these investigations, how you find them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was soup to nuts. How to run a sting? How to how to how to set up ads? How to it it was it was very in depth, and we got a lot of great reviews from it. In fact, we actually had a survivor uh, come to one of our trainings. Let me stop you. What do you mean when you say the word survivor? And, and I was cr- and, and I was corrected on this. Okay. And I was waiting to get to this point to, to bring this up. Everyone calls. The, the these people victims mm-hmm. and i had a survivor come to one, my class and she runs a a, a survivor organization a nationwide sur- survivor organization and come to my class and taught the class did the class after the class i go what do you think she goes don't call us victims mm-hmm. she goes call us survivors mm-hmm. because we survive every day every minute of every day we're surviving this and we're continuing on i'm like deal Okay. Survivors. All right. You're survivors. Sorry I interrupted you, but no, I, no, I felt no. that was important for our audience to, to no. know why you use that word. Absolutely. Okay. And, 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 that's, and that's the proper way to, to address these things, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that's a hard sell to a lot of people. Uh, it's a hard sell to the prosecutor. Well, this is a survivor. No, she's a crackhead. No, she's a survivor. Mm-hmm. Whatever that trauma is she's going through, she's surviving it. Maybe she's not surviving it the way you think she should. Her survival is an addiction, perhaps, at this point. Maybe her survival is, is, is finding a way to be clean. Mm-hmm. But that's survival. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that put a lot of weight on the class that we did to get that seal of approval. And, you know, she said, you guys have a great class. That's the one thing I would change. And we changed that. And we, changed, we tweaked a couple other things. But... You know, you know, to, to, to have someone who's been through these events 
and to say, yeah, you're doing it right. Mm. That that was that was a good wow. thing. That, that that was powerful. What great feedback Absolutely. From, from someone like mm-hmm. her. Yeah. yeah. Mo, in the time we have left, Doug, what do you think? Can can we ask him to share maybe a, a, a success story that that jumps out at him? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think to be th- good. This is incredibly compelling. Does one spring to mind when I, when I say six, a, a successful case where absolutely that you could share? And, and and this is this is my I, I would say our, our, our greatest success because it takes it all and, and, and brings it together um, and it, it even mends some of the errors that were made earlier we had a, a, a call the road guys got a, a call of a, a girl who was at the hospital said that her boyfriend's been pimping her out so they send a couple guys over. They, they send the old salty guy and a young hard charger who had just come out of the dope unit and gotten some of our training. Some of the human trafficking yes. training. Yep. Ah, okay. So she go. Uh, so they go in and they speak to her. And the salty guy is like, hey, you're getting pimped out. She's like, get out of here, old man. <laughs> so that didn't go so well. That approach did not work. Young guy goes in and starts talking to her, and then she starts giving more information, more information about the guy, what's been going on, these things. Basically, she's here because, uh, you know, she's been sick for a handful of days. They've been, they were from an up north community. They moved down here. They were, they were going to party and, 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 and live a, a sweet life, but they didn't have any money. So I got this great idea. You just do some sex dates, and we'll make money, and we can afford this, and we'll move to Florida, or whatever it is, right? That's that's the that's the the lie he sold her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're boyfriend girlfriend, but now we're benefiting from this uh, financially. Okay, well she gets sick. She's got a, a urinary tract infection. She doesn't want to do sex dates. He's making her do sex dates. She's getting sicker and sicker and worse and worse. Uh, he she's got now she's got pneumonia because she tried drowning him in the drowning her in the bathtub because she didn't want to do some sex dates. He tried drowning her. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So he ends up at the hospital, um, or she ends up at the hospital. He 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 gets her there. Uh, before we show up, he boogies out the door. Of course. So they talk to this guy, and lo and behold, she's 17 years old, mm. minor. Mm. So I, I get the report, I do my interweb magic, find out she does have sex ads. Okay, she's presumed uh, a, 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 a victim of human trafficking per the statute. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it turns out she's a runaway out of up north. And okay, well, they sent someone down to pick her up. They brought her back out, up to up north. I call her probation officer, I go, hey, I wanna talk to this girl. She's been, I think she's been sex trafficked down. He goes, yeah, she ran away. I go, no, no, no. We picked her up. You get, no, no. She goes, no, she went in the front door and out the back door last night. She's out. So she got back and then already ran away. Yes. Okay. So I was like, huh, that's going to be a tough interview. Mm -hmm. So I start doing some things and there was another girl who their ads were posting at the same place at the same time and their friends and social media stuff. I'm like, nah, they're, they're working together. She's coming back. She's coming back. She's gonna be. She's gonna find her, and they're gonna come back. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, we set up a sting. 
and, and my, my plan was to, we were going to do a, a, a sting with a friend and say, where is she at? We need to talk to her, so on and so forth. Well, lo and behold, we do. Was the, the friend cooperating with you? No, 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 no. 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 Okay. No, right. no, no. She didn't know nothing about anything. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but. Right. <laughs> but you, you found the friend on the sting though. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. They were still in our city. Hmm. So she made her way back down pretty quick. Hmm. Uh, called her boyfriend who tried drowning her to come get her and bring her back. And hmm. uh, yeah, you know, love. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So lo and behold, I'm, I'm talking to this friend and we're like, ah, she doesn't know anything or she's not telling us anything. We'll just, we'll take her in on the prostitution charge and kind of go from there. Well, as I'm walking out of the hotel, Here's our girl sitting in a car. Mm. Like, hey. I know you. <laughs> that's her. Yeah. So we go grab her up and talk to her. And she spills her whole guts, all this thing. And this, and I had, by this time, I, I, was a, I had been a, a, a forensic interviewer. So I'm like, I'm not sending her off to get interviewed. I'm talking to her. Mm-hmm. So my partner and I, both forensic interviewers, are talking to her. And she's laying this thing out, how, how they came down from up north and, you know, what I just told you. Well, at one point, this guy thought uh, he had some DOP charges, the destruction of property charges out up north. Hmm. And uh, he, he felt that uh, there's no extradition in Kentucky. I don't know why he thought that, but he hmm. f- thought if he fled to Kentucky and he got arrested down there, they couldn't bring him back to Michigan. Okay. Uh, maybe they would, maybe they're not for, 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 for that charge, but whatever. That was his mindset. She goes, oh yeah, he's going to go hide out in Kentucky. He just picked Kentucky out of the, uh, right. Out of the union. Okay. Yeah. All right. And these are those little, dart at the map. Yeah. Yeah. These are those little things that stick out in your head about the case. Like that's right. weird. Yeah. So he, you know, he takes off to Kentucky. So she's up here with her friend and her friend's boyfriend who now starts running her. Mm. So he's, he's accepting the, the, the earnings and this, that. And I go, well, what happened with that? He goes, oh, he Western Union him to, to, uh, down to uh, my boyfriend mm. in Kentucky. I'm like, what? Sure enough, I got the, the, the information, got, got the subpoenas, got all that stuff. Thank you for the paper trail. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm yeah. like, yes, this happened. Right. And long story short, I had the AG's office take it. Both guys were convicted, uh, trafficking a minor, accepting earnings, transporting, all these, all these charges. Both guys were convicted. Um, and it, 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 it was drawn out for a long time. But th- th- this girl, and, and this is what made it all good for me. She, you know, at, at the end of the trial, you know, she was like, you saved my life. Mm. And wow, I, she'd been in contact with me. I haven't talked to her probably about a year, but she'd come into the station and, you know, she's working two jobs she's got a mm. kid I, I mean she turned her whole life around mm. and, and and that that was like the the moment for me i was like i did something good yeah, yeah. i finally did something good i i, I impacted a life and mm-hmm. helped help this young lady turn it around and uh, that was that was like a super proud moment for for, for me and my team so that was one of the highlights of your career i would am, say am i going out on a limb here by saying no that? No? no 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 i, I yeah. would say it is well done you and your partner well done wow yeah that's yeah. awesome Wow, Doug! What a <laughs> what a show! Yeah, um, 
Mo, is there anything we should have asked you that we didn't, uh, or anything we should have talked about that yeah. that we didn't? I mean, we could go another couple hours, probably. Yeah. Uh, that, no, I, I mean, there's there's so much, there's so many different aspects of uh, of these cases, and you know, we, we've had some funny stories and some some stuff, but you know, I, I, I could go on and on with with these cases, but mm-hmm. I I would say for for guys out there on the road. Pay attention to what, what you're going to. Mm. You know, the domestics at a hotel, maybe it's not a domestic. Maybe it's a trafficking issue. Mm-hmm. Dig deeper into it. See what's going on. You know, are, you know, people don't move, you know, from one city to the next city to go hang out at a hotel, mm-hmm. right? They're not on vacation. They don't go, you know, three miles away. They bounce from hotel to hotel. You know, look these things up in your databases to see where they've been and what they're doing and who they're with. Mm-hmm. You know, are they with the same people? Are they with different people? Are these people having charges where they're getting arrested for prostitution, narcotics, whatever it might be? There's there's more to a story. And, and, and we always stress a couple of things. Number one, see things for what they are, not what you want them to be. You know, if, if someone's giving you clues, they'll give you a subtle clue, but you've got to pick up on it and take it. Mm-hmm. Or you can just say, well, I, I want this run to be over, so it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. can I dig deeper into this? And pay attention to detail. It's it's the fine details that that really get you to that 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 tipping point to build a case and make a case and and, and find that. But above and all, above all, try to show some compassion. Mm. These these are these are people's daughters. These mm. are people's you know wives, friends, mothers. You know they they're in a bad spot. They're vulnerable and they've been taken advantage of, and it's hard sometimes to show that compassion in such a hard job because you see people at their worst all the time and, and you're expected to uh, unmess a mess that's years in progress. And that's not going to happen, but you got to see where someone's at at that point in their lives and what can we do to make it better? How can, how can we help this person right now? Mm-hmm. It's not going to solve it, but maybe it'll put them on the right track. Right. Maybe someday someone will say, you saved my life. Well, I don't know. Good advice for, the, wow. for, for cops out there, man. Well, good advice for anyone. Show a little compassion in life. So, yeah. Doug, anything before we go into our our closing ritual here? No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, that was awesome. Mo, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, this was incredible. We'll have to have you back because I, <laughs> yeah, you know, we I want to. We heard the success story. We heard the the Genesis story. You know <laughs> how how it all started. I'd I'd like to hear maybe one of the funny stories, but I'm. Here we are at the 115 mark. So, right, yeah. yeah. We're running up on time here. <laughs> I mean, we could want... have you back to talk about dope, SWAT. What, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you could talk about anything. Case management, sure. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Doug, you want to plug our stuff that we plug? Yep. Make sure uh, when you when you listen to this on wherever you're listening to it, please leave a review. Think about that. We usually don't. We I don't think we've really asked for that in the past, but that does help in terms of making the podcast be recommended to other people. Um Find us on social media. We are the Cop House Podcast <clears throat> on Facebook. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. Um, and at Cop House Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And to our brothers and sisters out there who are working road patrol, who are working investigative units, who are out there trying to catch bad guys and, and help people make their lives a little better, we thank you and please be careful out there. Be safe, everybody. Bye.